Welcome to Awaken and Rise, a place where your dreams get fueled and self-doubt gets challenged, a place where we believe that as the individual shines, our collective rises, a place where we know you have what it takes to live your dreams, a place where you will not go gently into that good night, a place where you will let that spark within to become a bonfire of hope. A place where we know if you believe it, live it, then you will create it. A place where we awaken and rise. I'm Brian Lytle, change catalyst, author, storyteller, and dreamer, and it is my honor to spend time with you today. And now, on to the show. Welcome to Awaken and Rise, the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lytle of brianlytle.com. And folks, we have an amazing guest for you this week. It is a friend of mine. She's an Ayurvedic teacher. She's a yogi. She's a teacher. She's a coach. She's a life coach. She is someone who takes on fear at the regular in order to find that beautiful growth that lies right beyond it. So without any further ado, here is my friend, an amazing human being, Kathy Morton. Welcome back to Awaken and Rise, the podcast. I'm Brian Lytle, brianlytle.com. We have an extra special guest with us today, someone who I've known for about 10 years at this point, and she's brought some phenomenal quotes to the table that I want to start this episode off and share with you. Quote number one. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. George Bernard Shaw. Quote number two, may I live like a lotus at ease in muddy water. Our guest today is someone who has lived a physical struggle. She has pulled herself out of dragging through life in the condition of obesity she has found her groove, her passion. She's stepping forward in travel and experiences. She's a yogi. She's an Ayurvedic coach. She's a life coach. She's someone who has been an absolute pleasure to watch over the past couple of years as she's gone through her experiences. My friend, Kathy Morgan. Kathy, great to have you here. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And your quest, your quest, your journey is one that people know all too well. Me as someone who is a bigger individual, I understand this intimately, and so many people in our country understand it intimately. It's the physical struggle of dealing with the condition of obesity. And as I've grown, I realize I don't say anymore that I am fat. I say I deal with the condition of obesity because it doesn't define me or my value or who I am, but it's something I do struggle with. And you're one of those people who has gone through that struggle, come out the other side victorious. Would you share with us your story about how you got there, how you started to process out of it and how ultimately you broke through? Yeah, so um, I was an athlete in high school and that was my passion was sports and movement and when I went to college that part of me 
sort of died down you know I didn't I didn't have a team to go to anymore and instead I I really worked my emotions um not in the playing field anymore but through uh, food right and so my first freshman year of college I I put on 50 pounds and um it was really hard for me to be this phenomenal athlete and then join something different um a weight loss you know not a weight loss but more of a um an uncertainty of where my life was going because of the weight right right and so i was very depressed in college because i had become this person that i i i didn't know who i was anymore and the only way that got me feeling better was the food it was like a vicious cycle it was like i was either a going out drinking too much or b i was eating food and i was trying to comfort the feelings that i was having inside myself um and just like you i came to a point where i felt like i couldn't be here anymore that i didn't want to be on this land and that i wasn't serving anybody by being kathy morgan the 205 pound individual so I had real deep thoughts about taking my own life. And it wasn't until my sister Patty, she really she realized that something was going on with me and that I really needed to change my life, that I was going down a really dark road and that I needed to get out of that. And so she's a phys ed teacher. And at this time I was going to school to be an art teacher. And she realized that that part of me, that athletic part of me, was trying to come back out. It was trying to come back, back out screaming and yelling. And so she said, I really think you need to change your major into physical education. And I didn't really want to, but you know, in the art education world, people are so invested in their art that they aren't talking. And um, mm. I'm a real big talker. I love talking. I love people. And I just realized that maybe this part of my life, this art life, was actually causing me the pain that I was, besides the food and the emotions that I wasn't healing, um, was actually causing me more harm than good. Wow. Yeah. So I decided to be a phys ed teacher. And then that day when I went and changed my major, I said, I can't be. I cannot be an overweight PE teacher. I have to be the teacher that those kids come to every day and they say, you know what, she's actually teaching and doing what she, she's preaching mm -hmm. and teaching these things that we want to do. She's actually a good role model that we can look up to. Mm. So I decided the weight needs to go. And so I, I started Weight Watchers. Th that you hit on a couple things one thing i've known about you is you have constantly one of the most consistent pieces of your character is living what you preach mm -hmm. i've seen that for a number of years now and that's something i really appreciate about you but also the second piece of that you made a decision to get rid of the weight mm -hmm. I think we downplay the role of decisions in our life. We, we think every preference or every momentary 
thought is a decision like you know I'm going to turn on this TV show I don't feel like watching binge watching The Office anymore so I'm going to switch to Friends oh wait no I'm going to go back to The Office that's not a decision Mm -hmm. a decision is the point of no return and I'm moving forward and I think that characterizes a lot of where you've been and how you got through it so talk to us about Weight Watchers what what is that struggle like because that's not a sprint no um, Weight Watchers was a very interesting um, ordeal for me. I was, I was twenty, maybe nineteen. I don't know, but I was walking in, and I remember walking into the door, and all these older women and men look at me like, "Why are you even here?" Mm. I just didn't even feel comfortable in my own skin coming into a Weight Watchers right. uh, meeting. But I, I remember leaving that meeting and stepping on the scale and realizing how much I weighed because I, I haven't weighed myself. And I got, I will never forget this day, I got in the car and my my pants split in half mm. as soon as I left that meeting. And that was like a really big indicator, it's time to go. Well, Weight Watchers was so good for me, but it also wasn't good for me. Mm. Because I was in college and I still wanted to enjoy my life. So I was eating vegetables only during the day I was trying to get my nutrition which vegetables are amazing but I wasn't really eating real food right you know I was I was seeing how many calories or points I could keep so I could have a pop tart for dinner right Right. so basically I was starving myself Mm. um and it was a difficult journey but then I started to realize you know the these uh lean cuisines or these things that um the frozen foods really aren't food at all Mm. (laughs) and um so that was a journey in itself just joining Weight Watchers deciding that you know I needed to change but also realizing what I actually was doing to my body at that time was starving myself Mm -hmm. so I could get the weight off but then realizing that real food actually comes in a source of like going to the farmer's market and getting food not going to the grocery store and getting something from the frozen food section yes Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of us get caught up in that concept of let me grab what's easy. Yeah. Because there's some there is a little bit of intimidation around making something for a meal when that's not part of your practice. Right. And it's so easy to grab whatever's packaged for you and just throw it in the microwave, especially being in college. Mm-hmm. So was that a short time did you get the weight off real quick or how did that process Yeah, go? so um, <laughs> it's kind of funny and it's kind of sad at the same time, but I, I lost like 35 pounds within two months. And that was because I basically wasn't eating right, right. and I was working out doing cardio for like three hours a day. I was not Holy well. Cow. I was making myself very ill. Holy cow. And, you know, because of that journey – I probably put myself in, um, I have Hashimoto's disease and I basically probably ignited that to come alive in my body because of the not understanding what nutrition really meant. And it's that, it's that, and I know I've felt it, it's that desperation point of, I got to get this off, I got to get it off. And I think just in general, we want fast results. Yeah. Uh, You know, you hear constantly about the, culture of instant gratification that is here in our country and is very prevalent Mm -hmm. 
but the whole process is really about finding wellness. It's not about just getting the weight off. So then you transitioned, you became a phys ed teacher and a hell of a phys ed teacher. Uh, We got to work together, Mm -hmm. for those of you who are listeners out there. And you worked with a lot of kids and touched their lives, and you're still doing that. But you started to formulate something else, a what's next for you. Talk about your transition as you you started to realize what wellness truly was and what fitness truly was. So I was a marathon runner. I was running marathons. And uh, it occurred to me that someone said, you know, you're really running away from something. You're not running towards something. And it was like the same journey that I was doing when I was freshman in college I was running away from my feelings I was eating food and the marathons I was actually doing the same thing I was running away from my feelings and running away from the pain or whatever I needed to actually figure out and um, I one day my uh, running coach said you should go to a yoga class Kathy you need you need a yoga class and it wasn't until that moment where actually when I went to, mom- to, to the yoga class, I was struggling. You know, I have a very strong competitive nature that is in me. So when I was in yoga class, I wasn't really enjoying it because I was being competitive to the person next to me on the mat. But I knew that yoga was me actually sitting down in a spot and not running away from something that was in me. I couldn't, mm-hmm. right? Because there was nowhere to go. There was other people around me. And the more I came and the more I came to yoga, the more I started to kind of soften my body into something that I had never felt before. And that was compassion and love with my own self. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how it changed. It was just a simple yoga class and realizing that I was running away from something and that was my true self, my inner being. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. And a lot of people talk about yoga being very transformational and it's played a very transformational role in your life. And so what I want the listeners to get out of this so far is that, so really you were faced with a tremendous challenge of dealing with your physical self and as you dealt with that you dealt with it even though it wasn't a powerful way it wasn't the right way and but that was part of your path and so you got into this point where you're doing all the running and then it was the stillness of yoga that brought you to what you were really going to deal with it was the next barrier in your life when you realized in that stillness that where you were running from yourself, how did you feel? I felt ashamed. Mm. I felt ashamed that I have listened to this thing called the world mm-hmm. um, tell me who I needed to be. And it was painful to realize that I was actually running from somebody who I've always wanted to be. And so it was, it made me feel ashamed that I never really was connected to my true self. Mm. Did you feel like you wasted years? 
I don't feel like I wasted years. I feel like everything that was in my path was a journey to get me to where I needed to be. And now that I have had that path, I've taken that path, I'm able to now help people who may feel like I felt Mm -hmm. and be able to get to them, hopefully to their true self. But in that moment where you felt shame, was there any thought of, man, it's taken me so long to get here? Or was it more of a, okay, even though you're ashamed, you're glad you know what you know in that moment? It never really was, um, like, I was upset about the journey. Mm-hmm. It was more about, finally. Okay. Like, okay. I was, like, I'm finally there. Yeah. So then, was there any fear involved in how do you do this? How do you really I think, get into your true self? You know, I think everybody is scared to be their true self. Mm. I think everyone, I think we're all running away from who we really want to be. We want to be what everybody else wants us to be. A lot of us wear, wear mini mask. Mm. And um, in yoga, there was no mask wearing. It was just me being very vulnerable to my own self. And not even the person around me or my teacher. It was just me being who I actually needed to be. So I was able to drop the mask mm. and just be the real person. I, I'm getting so pumped up. It's hard <laughs> It's hard to contain this behind a microphone because I know if I get too loud or shout an amen, it's going to probably blow out our listeners' uh, speakers. But So you get to that point. What do you do to continue that growth of growing in who you really are? Mm -hmm. What was the next step? So the next step for me was teacher training. Mm -hmm. Um, I still wasn't where I should be. I just knew that I had just maybe lit a fire in me a little bit. And I, I wanted to explore it more. So I stepped into teacher training. And I really wanted that to be part of my unveiling to the world mm-hmm. like guess what I showed up I arrived and this is who I am so um, teacher training was just a little I did the teacher training here in Columbus Ohio and it was just a little a little bit of a reveal mm-hmm. but the real reveal was when I stepped into what is known as fear mm-hmm. and decided to go to another teacher training in another country all by myself. So did you know people there? Did Was there a safe house? I mean, you're going to another country, which was Nicaragua, correct? Yes, Nicaragua. Yeah. yeah. So how did that come about? How do you get to that point of, hey, I'm doing some yoga. I'm learning how to face myself. I become a teacher of yoga, so I'm becoming a yogi. And then you make this huge jump. For most people thinking it's huge, but for you it was a pretty natural jump. How did you get there? So I went to a yoga festival called Wanderlust in Snowshoe in West Virginia, and I met this amazing teacher known as Katie Silcox, who is my teacher. And um, there, she really, she is known to have a more feminine approach to yoga, a more softer, divine connection to, to the divine. Mm-hmm. And I have always been the person that was more connected to the masculine side. You know, I'm, I'm a, an athlete. I like to lift. I like to 
be competitive. And so when I met Katie, she really made my heart melt. And I knew right then and there that I had found a person that is going to melt me into my true self. And so during that one hour and 25 minute class in Wonderlust, she said, I'm, I'm having a teacher training program in Nicaragua for three weeks and would love for you to come. And as soon as I went home that very day, I, I knew I had to be there. Called my dad. I said, I'm going to Nicaragua. Will you take care of my dog? <laughs> <laughs> what was that reaction? What are you thinking? <laughs> you know, that's actually, that's pretty important though. Because I think a lot of times when we step out and we either push back in the bully of fear or whether it's a veil, we don't see it clearly, but we know we need to take a step forward. It's oftentimes our loved ones who are very concerned about us, who love us, they want to keep us safe and protect us when the thing we absolutely need is to make that leap and to jump forward. Mm -hmm. So you go to Nicaragua after dad says, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Can you share, is that a protected, quiet experience that you really can't talk about? Or can you share some pieces of what that was like? I can totally share whatever. Um, It's no protection. There's no, like, can't come home and talk about it. But, you know, I, I, I remember getting on the plane to go to Nicaragua, and I even thought to myself, what am I doing? Like, I don't speak the language. You know, I don't speak Spanish. I know no one except for this teacher that I've met for an hour and 25 minutes. And I... As soon as I got on the plane and I actually stepped ground on Nicaragua, I knew in my heart that something about myself was about to explode open. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. a good feeling. Yeah. And, you know, Nicaragua was such a great experience. We were there for 10 days, and I met so many amazing yogis that I call my love tribe now. Mm Mm-hmm. And they really are this protection house for me. So when I need somebody, or even then, when I needed somebody at that point, I could melt into their hands and they would hold me, just like my teacher. Right. But I knew the moment that life has changed when one one day at class, we had this amazing class, and uh, we had to practice what's called mauna. I think I said that right, which means n- not talking. And I'm a talker. So I have a really hard time. And even my teacher would tell you that I'm the worst person to follow this order. So you would leave class and you, you, you work really hard to get yourself quiet inside. And you can hear and feel the vibrations in your body. And what tends to happen is after something so juicy like that happens, when you start talking, it leaves you. So you want to keep it in you. Right, you want to keep that feeling alive in you. So I decided that I was going to actually practice this quiet time. The couple days before I didn't, I was a failure at it. And we went to the ocean and we sat by the water. And I'll never forget it. the The um, sun was coming down, and my friends, my yoga tribe, were all in the water. And I just sat there on the beach because 
I couldn't be around them because I knew I was going to talk. <laughs> and there was this beautiful rock there, and it just felt to me like I was home. It felt like God had wrapped his hands around my body, and I knew that I was safe. Mm. In that moment, I knew whatever I was going to do in life, wherever, whoever I was going to be, whoever I touched, whoever, whoever came to me for advice, that it was going to be because God was with me. Mm. And that, that moment was life-changing for me. And in order to get to that moment, you had to push through the fear of going to a foreign country. Mm-hmm. You had to push through the fears of your loved ones. You had to push through the shame of realizing you were running through your from your true self. And what you found was absolute bliss. Yes. It was the moment of fullness that so many people are just looking for everywhere except in the uncomfortable places. Mm-hmm. They're looking for it in having this experience, that experience, buying this car or this TV, but it's found completely between you and God in that fullness of that moment of going through all that stuff. And it's really trust. Right. Trust and courage that mm-hmm. got you there. It's just beautiful. Well, I know as a teacher you were helping kids as a... Um, as a phys ed teacher, you're helping by not just teaching them what to do to stay physically fit, but also by living it. Then you started to help people through, you were doing some personal coaching mm-hmm. around fitness and trying to help people really find their wellness and their fit place. Then you go into becoming a yoga teacher. And I could tell you, as being a student of yours, one evening, I don't know that I've ever been to a yoga session or a any type of fitness session where a teacher cared more about not the comfort in regards to pushing me to do something different, but in making sure individual needs were met so I could be successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you came prepared to help me get to where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. And... That, I think, was a very unique quality. And I think that came out of your experience Mm -hmm. of being someone who was trapped at one point in time dealing with the condition of obesity. But so you're this wonderful yoga teacher and you're a wonderful teacher. And now there was another something else, another what's next for you. And that's Ayurveda. Can you share with people what Ayurveda is and the goals of that type of a program? Yeah, so Ayurveda is really um, becoming more alive in the Western society. Mm-hmm. Um, Ayurveda is traditionally an Indian um, medicine. Uh, basically, it's the life knowledge of yourself. And um, I just started the training in January, and it's been this amazing shift in my own life. And Ayurveda, basically, in the Eastern society, they want to get down to the bottom of what's causing you so much pain, whether it's physical pain, mental pain, or spiritual pain. They want to get to the root cause and treat you, whether it be herbs or... um, a daily routine that Western society 
when we go into a doctor and we say we're physically um, have physical issues, they're going to hand you a pill, mm-hmm. and they put a band aid over what is known as your pain. Right. They're just giving right. you a pill. Yeah. And in the Ayurveda sense, we're not handing you a pill. We're handing you an instrument that's going to help you heal from the inside out into whatever is causing you so much pain. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's that the outside, it's really a holistic view. It's the outside pain is be, is being caused by some kind of internal root. And, you know, when we talk about what has happened with Western society, I, I think it's really, it would be remiss if I didn't mention something around the opioid crisis. The opioid crisis came out of this mentality of let's give you a pill for that or and it really came out of folks who were struggling with pain uh, creating some legal parameters Mm -hmm. around having a right to pain meds and so that became practice and even some of the worst cases start with I was an athlete I hurt my knee I was given Vicodin I was given Percocet and it's not that anyone was trying to get them hooked on anything but the pain is consistently being masked along the way. And I really think you you hit the nail on the head. Western civilization and society is really focused on how can we get the pain to go away as opposed to how can we heal whatever is causing it. Right. Uh, and that's why I love the movement to get to Ayurveda, to get to more natural practices, what were some of the things along the way in your Ayurvedic training that were just moments of, oh, wow, uh, just aha, clarity moments of this can really help folks? So um, a lot of it really comes down, a lot of our problems come down to not exploring our feelings. Mm. And... Uh, we've been taught at such a young age that sometimes you got to be quiet about your feelings, mm-hmm. right? And so when you don't explore your feelings or your emotions, they ended up they end up getting stuck somewhere in your body, right? And then that's going to end up causing you the physical pain. Mm-hmm. And so that has been kind of really eye opening to me is that it's so simple, right? To experience experience what is going on in your body so there is a practice that we do it's called emotional processing and um, you go through four different emotions fear um, sadness shame and guilt I believe and and you come and you say the most ridiculous stuff like I feel guilty that I left my cat at home Mm-hmm. You know, and then eventually it comes, you keep saying stuff until eventually whatever has been buried underneath all the stuff that you keep putting on top of you so you can't feel that feeling, it comes out. Right. And you end up finding out that it will end up being like, I feel fear that I'm not seen mm. or loved. And that's just false. Yeah. Right. And so, a lot of us are telling us this false statement. I'm not lovable or I'm not sane. And so in that emotional processing, you flip that crap statement into something like, I am so loved, 
when I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes so powerful. That was so powerful to me because I have been hitting, hiding my emotions my whole life. Like my family is a great family, but we are an emotional family. If I cry, my parents want to talk about something else, Mm -hmm. even as a 37-year-old adult. So every time I go and I do these emotional wash sessions for myself, it always comes to the same thing. Like I want to be loved and I want to be seen. And so basically I'm still working towards that. (laughs) But that is just – not only is that powerful, that's really – it's beautiful and just this morning I was listening to a book on Audible and it's Jack Canfield Success Principles and he talks about how the word I can't or I can how just energetically life-changing that can be mm-hmm. and it really just centers down to what are you saying to yourself and this is you know Jack Canfield he's sold 500 million books he, he's literally one of the self-help gurus out there in this that secret is nothing new what we say to ourselves matters and when i shared my story it was and i'm sure this is in common with your story you don't start at the point of i'm not enough you start at the point of something doesn't feel right uh you may be dealing with a struggle Maybe something wasn't what you thought it would be. And then there's this very slow but compounding progression of what you begin to say to yourself. And next thing you know, you're on the edge. Mm -hmm. And you never thought you would be there. And so when you get to the point where you're able to flip those statements, that's a powerful tool for anyone to be able to grab onto. Just in this podcast, if you're listening right now and you're struggling with things, Exactly what Kathy said, 100% true. Flip the statement. Mm-hmm. Flip, know that you are enough just as you are, no matter what mistakes you've made or failures you've had or success you had, you're enough right now. And that's really powerful training. Right. Um, gosh, I, I think we can probably talk about this point in general for the next hour easily <laughs> because it's so much a part of our stories. But... As you went through that piece, what got you to say, you know what, I'm already coaching people about the physical stuff. Now I want to dive a little deeper. I want to give people more of what they truly need. What was that moment that got you to say, you know what, I need to start being an Ayurveda coach? You know, part of it has to do with the fact that I was never taught Mm. this. And it's such a shame because I am a a teacher and I work with kids every day and we're not teaching these basic principles that, you know, feelings are okay and you should be able to explore them. And so that's really why I decided that this is for me is that I want to teach other people what I needed so badly. And I... I'm still learning and I'm still growing as an individual. And I've heard before, if you're not growing, you know, Mm -hmm. you're dead. Yeah. And so every day I try to learn something new so I can inspire and teach other people to be a better version of them. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's interesting how oftentimes people say, 
Why haven't the schools taught kids how to change a tire? Why haven't they caught, taught them how to write a check or some of these basic stuff? But these are the things, these are the principles that so need to be ingrained in our kids. And they're not attached to any mysticism. They're not attached to any specific belief system, religion. This is just fact in what people need. So as you've gone down this road and you've really studied the Ayurvedic piece, are you seeing things differently now, not just in your life, but when you see people out and the things they're struggling with, does it give you some clarity as to what they're really dealing with? Yeah, I think before this whole yoga Ayurveda journey that I've kind of stepped into, I was just looking with the eyes of Kathy Morgan. Mm. And I was looking with the lens of my sight. And I could turn things off and not look and ignore. And now I even said this in my yoga class this week. I said, if you could just close your eyes and look through the lens of your heart, like what in the world would our world look like if all of us just looked through our heart mm. instead of our eyes and our brain and our ego, mm. right? Yeah. So I now look with my heart and I'm trying to love as much as I can love because once you see things like if I go outside and I see that tree and I think oh my god it's such a beautiful tree I'm actually really looking at my inner being mm -hmm. when I say that yes. so it's like a reflection yes. so when I'm looking when I was not looking with my heart and I was looking with my ego and I was seeing um, disgust or whatever I was actually disgust, disgusted in myself. Mm -hmm. So it's just a nut, like you said, a flip. It's a right. flip. Right. I'm now looking for love and I'm looking for things that are actually going to light me up. So then in turn, when someone looks at me, they may see love and now they're actually looking at themselves. Oh, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. That is so powerful. When I would have folks come to me and they were dealing with, someone putting upon their own hang-ups on them or making accusations that were baseless my number one piece of advice to them was always they're looking through the lens of who they are they're not seeing you and what you said there was so profound it's if you look at a tree through the eyes of the ego you see the imperfections of it. Mm -hmm. If you look at a tree through the lens and the eyes of being enough and loving yourself, you see the beauty in every twist and turn, every knot, every broken branch, everything is just as it should be. And that's, I wish we could just impart this state of mind into other folks because it's not, maybe saying state of mind is a bad way to put it because it's about growth. It's about getting there. You and I have both had our own tough journeys to get there and to understand that state of mind or that mindset, if you will, of this is all secretly perfect. Mm -hmm. Life happens for you if you let it. If you feel like you are have been victimized, yes, there's some really difficult things out there that take place in the world, but you can flip it. You can make it serve you. And it's all based on that inner work. And that, that's unbelievable. Have you had the chance to 
have any experiences since with the Love Tribe or the, your Ayurvedic work or anything else that you've experienced lately that would be just super beneficial for people to hear about and know that these aren't just one-time things? Yeah, so um, spring break this year, I went to Hawaii and did another teacher training there. I have always wanted to go to Hawaii, and so I kind of like manifested it in myself. Mm -hmm. Like I want to go to Hawaii, and it ended up being there, and it was beautiful. And then um, one of my Love Tribe sisters called me and was like, will you please be my yoga instructor for this retreat? And I said yes. But I didn't want to say yes because I also <laughs> thought, oh, God, like it was in L.A. area. And I thought to myself, I'm just a Columbus, Ohio yoga teacher. I am nothing. You know, then that old story pattern is already starting to play. Yep. And I just kept pushing through. I'm like, she believes in me. She believes in me enough that I'm going to have to start believing in me. So... Sure enough, I just got back from a two-week kind of yoga journey. I was in um, Santa Barbara, Ojai, for this Recharge, Renew, Reset retreat. And the first yoga class that I gave to these women, it was like I was home. Mm. And I knew that this is where I needed to be. This is where the journey might be taking me is leading retreats for for women or men who who need to hear this um, passion that I have living within myself and it was a beautiful mix it was a a writing and yoga and hiking and all these different things to kind of stir you up right and try to figure out where can you be better at so that was beautiful and I knew then after that that there why was I even scared I was perfect in that position mm -hmm. and then I just got back from so from there I flew to Asheville North Carolina and I assisted my teacher Katie Silcox at a yoga festival in Asheville and again I thought why would she pick me you know but it was the perfect I was in the right place I got to help a lot of people um, and hopefully a lot of people are going to join Katie's Ayurveda school in January so yeah it was a, it was an amazing experience and I can't awesome. wait to see where this journey is going to land me next right mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome I think it's important just to draw out a couple things number one is so as you found these things out about yourself you haven't stopped you keep pushing yourself into things that are uncomfortable and how important that our encouragement for each other is. And, you know, we are all connected. We are all part of this oneness. And just your friend believing in you that you could do it gave you a little extra oomph to push through that bully that was creeping up in the old thinking. And to piggyback on that is even though you are at this point in time in your life where you've grown into you know, life coach, Ayurveda coaching, your yogi, you've really found your your flow, it doesn't mean that the that it's over. It doesn't mean that everything's easy. It's a consistent 
way of figuring out how to deal with the old patterns that do come up. The lower self is still there. It's always mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And when it rears its ugly head, I remember a quote from the Dalai Lama, I believe it was. Someone said, don't you ever deal with ego? He said, of course I do. It's just when I deal with it, I've practiced dealing with it so much, it takes place in an instant, whereas you may take an hour to deal with it. So we're all in this same space. We're all dealing with it. So I really, I love the fact that you've gone out there and you pushed yourself into these new experiences. And, you know, this whole journey is really about finding your most authentic self. And I've got to say that I think a lot of women are much more open to these things than guys are. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you guys who are listening to this, Kathy is a badass. <laughs> Kathy, I've seen Kathy do things uh, just in running in and of itself that would probably make most of us just want to throw in the towel and just go hit the armchair and sit down. She's someone who truly strives to grow to push her physical limits. Uh, at one point in time, I wondered if you were potentially an adrenaline junkie because you <laughs> ran that one marathon down at Disney World. It was like oh, yeah. three 40, days or 48.6 miles. Yes. I mean, just crazy stuff. And so you are not someone who's just, you know, rolling through life. You are someone who enjoys achievement. You enjoy accomplishment. You keep it in the right perspective. And you're a badass. That's all there is to it. So, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, with so with that being said, I also look at this as a guy, and I know that I struggled with. There's not a lot of us in this space, and we really need to deal with our own fear. And in this case, fear is a veil. It's saying, "Wow, this isn't for us. This is more." Of a, of a ladies thing, it isn't a guy thing, it isn't, you know, we don't talk about feelings. That's part of the problem, a gender thing. Mm -hmm. This is about really getting to the human thing and the human equation. So guys, if you're listening, I definitely would encourage you to connect with Kathy. Kathy, how can people connect with you, get help, get coaching, or just start a conversation about what's next for them? Sure, you can find me on Instagram. At I, the number two M possible. So it's I two M possible. Um, you can also email me at Kathy Morgan uh, 2004 at yahoo.com. And then also find me on Facebook, Kathy Morgan. Awesome. Now, with that being said, we will transition into our tempo 10 um, just to get people a more holistic view of Kathy and the things she loves to do and some of the processes in your life. Let's start off with books. Books I've found out, whether audio or hard copy, you've got to start really plugging in. And for the listeners out there, what book or books do you absolutely love and would recommend? I love the book, You Are a Badass. Mm -hmm. Jen Sincero. Yeah, yes. such a great book. Um, and my favorite book as a child is The Giving Tree. Mm. I still love that book. Yeah, Shel Silverstein. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, what makes you smile? Um, my dog, Louie. <laughs> 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 yeah, he makes me really happy. Awesome. What gets you excited? Um, what gets me excited is probably fear. 
now it really gets me excited because I know once you step over the fear, the view is usually pretty freaking amazing. Awesome. That's the, I can't say it any better. What's your morning routine look like? So I'm a little bit of a nutcase. <laughs> <laughs> I get up at 4 a.m. every morning. Uh, I walk my dog, Louie, because he needs the um, new, well, you know, he needs health as well. And I do about a 15-minute meditation practice. Um, Ayurveda really is important in the sense of morning routines. So I tongue scrape. Um, I drink warm water to get my digestive system going. And I do the neti pot. So those mm-hmm. are things that I do before I even leave my house to go to the gym at 5 a.m. And then I go lift weights because even though I love this, like, heart stuff, I also love working my muscles. So mm-hmm. I go lift weights at D1. Absolutely. Yeah. What's your routine before you shut it down at night? I do try to do um, writing. I like to write what is good that has happened in my life for that day. So really just being aware of the things that filled me up. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's powerful. Start stopping your day with gratitude. That, I would imagine that would set you up for a pretty good sleep, for pretty good dreams. Usually. (laughs) What are the things that you fear or thing that you fear? So going back to that emotional wash statement uh i fear love and i fear being seen mm. mm-hmm. I, I so appreciate you sharing that yeah and it's just another example of the journey is not over no mm. so how do you defeat that fear being seen and being loved mm. yeah how do you so someone out there and i know this is supposed to be a shorter segment but for someone out there who struggles with being loved or being seen, what does that look like to allow that to happen, at least for you in your experience? So for me, it's getting out in nature mm. and being loved by nature, like mm. this thing that has been created for us. So I get to look and see and hear and taste and feel. You know, those are the things that allow me to get down in here because if Mother Nature is loving me, then I'm loving Mother Nature and and she's seeing me and I'm seeing her, you know, the Mm -hmm. mirror thing. Mm -hmm. And so I always know if I'm dealing with a lot of pain and I I have to get outside Mm -hmm. and not just be outside by the street, out in the woods or by water and just sit still and just listen. Wow, wow. Does that have anything to do with your willingness or to push through travel. I know a lot of people are very nervous about travel within the United States, let alone outside the United Mm -hmm. States. Is that a part of it, that being seen piece and just accepting that this has been created for us to experience? Yeah, I think that travel for me is really something that lights me up. And you can only see so many things one time and or two times or three times and you're like, okay, well, I've seen that. Well, this world is giant, mm-hmm. and I don't want to look at it on a map mm-hmm. or a picture. Like, I want to be in that moment, and I want it to fill me up. Because really what nature does to me, it 
fills me up to the point where I can now pour that onto others. And so being around the water or being out in the mountains in, in Ojai or um, being out on the ocean is filling my heart up with this amazing love and connection with myself not really even with anybody else and then when i'm filled i can fill others oh hell yeah Mm -hmm. hell yeah it's that whole concept of abundance and i heard someone describe it this way one time that you want your cup to fill up so much that it spills in your saucer i think oprah actually may have said this Uh, a friend of mine has reiterated it but you want to serve from your saucer Mm-hmm. And it's that whole process of just spilling over. That's beautiful. I love that. Who inspires you? You know, this is a tricky question because there's a lot of people that inspire me, but I'm going to say myself mm-hmm. because I've seen where I've come from and I know where I'm going. And so the person that keeps me going is actually me. Mm-hmm. If I don't... Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. say to myself every day you're an inspiration you're gonna change the world I can't do where I you know I can't go where I'm going because Mm -hmm. I don't believe in myself so I have to be the person that inspires myself oh gosh that's awesome what's your favorite song Mm, that's tough I'm not really a big music person Um, I would say another a song but then that wouldn't make any sense. So I'm going to say Garth Brooks. What are some of his songs? Help me out. Do you know any Garth Brooks songs? Oh, yeah. Thunder Rolls. Thunder Rolls. Thunder Rolls. Yeah, I'm not really, I don't listen to music a lot. Pretty sad. Well, no, you listen to different music. Yeah. You know, you listen to the sounds of nature. You mm-hmm. listen to, I know, um, do you do yoga sessions with music? I do. It's usually piano music. Yeah. But that, yeah. I mean, the vibrations all around, right. it's just what you tune right. into. And then finally, after an experience with Kathy Morgan, no one's perfect and we have all sides to us of everything, depending on what our needs are in the moment. But in your mind, what do you want people to get after an experience with you? How do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as a person that was their heart, like my heart was so wide open and so loving that it allowed them to feel like they could crack their heart open and love others. So I just want to be the person that ignites people to build this this fire inside their soul and do something that they never thought was possible, step into the fear and, and see that on the other side is just a freaking explosion of beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Kathy, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here and sharing with us. And I told you, I was really looking forward to this one because there's a whole world that I'm watching you on Instagram and you're unlocking pieces Mm -hmm. for me. So thank you. I really appreciate you being here. And this has been an awesome it's like an hour has flown by (laughs) i know i could go in so many different directions we could come (laughs) back and talk more yeah i would love to have you back i definitely love to come back awesome awesome so thank you very much for being with us all right my friends i told you this was going to be an amazing episode 
Kathy is just inspiring, fantastic. I've learned so much from her over the years, and she is someone who I continue to look to and to have conversations with here and there as I learn so much just in how she lives life, let alone the knowledge that she's obtained over the years. So with that being said, please, if you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review for it on iTunes. And as always, my friends, if you believe it and you live as it is so, you will create it. I'm Brian Lytle from brianlytle.com, and if you are interested, go to my website, sign up for your free guide to rise, something to help you find your purpose and maintain your focus as you continue through this wonderful journey we call life. And in signing up for that free guide to rise, we're going to be issuing a newsletter starting in October. Nothing that clouds up the inbox, something that gives you some quick hitters, inspirations, and quotes and resources for you to just maintain your strength and inspiration throughout the week and throughout the month. So with all that, I wish you a wonderful day today, and we will talk to you next week. 